Welcome to the Feel Your Best Formula podcast. Are you over 40 and tired of struggling with your weight? Do you feel like you're constantly starting over with your nutrition and fitness? I'm Lil, a certified nutrition coach and former registered nurse, and I too have been there. At the age of 44, I decided I was done with being stuck in the vicious diet cycle. I became a nutrition coach and created the Feel Your Best formula for women who are ready to do things differently. If you're ready to build a better relationship with food, get your energy back, build muscle, lose fat, and keep it off for good, then you're in the right place. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's build your formula for feeling your best. Hey guys, welcome to episode five of the Feel Your Best Formula podcast. I'm Lil and I'm so glad you're here. I just found out that this podcast is already in the top 25% of podcasts, which just blew me away. I am so thankful for all of you who are listening, who are subscribing, who are sharing this with your friends and family that you think could benefit from discussing these topics. So thank you so much. Um, Today's topic is something that is going to be an integral piece of your formula for feeling your best. And that's why I'm going to break it into two parts so that We'll go over the first part today, and then the next episode will be part two. But we're talking about nutrition, which is an incredibly nuanced topic, and it definitely is something that is talked about all the time on social media. You're constantly being bombarded with weight loss plans, the latest diet. And to be honest, a lot of those weight loss plans are trying to overcomplicate things for you so that they can sell you something. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about just the basics on how weight loss works for the vast majority of people. Again, this is a nuanced topic because some people may have underlying conditions where their body does react differently. But we're going to talk in general terms just to remind ourselves how weight loss works. And also, I'm really, I feel very strongly that it is important, again, to take ownership. Now, we talked about this in episode three with choosing your fitness program, how you have to take ownership and hold yourself accountable. And I think sometimes with nutrition, it's so tempting to just say, Uh, just tell me what to eat, give me a meal plan, give me a grocery list, and just tell me what to do. And I've done that myself. I've been there myself. And at the end of the day, everyone has a totally different day-to-day life, Um, your family makeup, the different special needs of your family, your own special needs, the foods that you like, the foods that you enjoy, the time that you have to prepare your foods. All of that is special and unique for each and every one of us. So what I have learned is it's so much more effective when we empower ourselves with knowledge and take that knowledge and create a way of eating that works for us. So that is my goal to help you, number one, identify diets that are probably not going to be sustainable and that are not going to work for you in the long term. And number two, help you notice what diets sound like they actually make sense 
and are worth investing the time and energy in to learn and then tweak so that it works for you. So like I said, it's an incredibly nuanced topic. If you do have an underlying medical condition, if you do suspect that perhaps you have something going on that is making weight loss difficult for you, then I would definitely talk to um, your physician. Maybe you need to work with a registered dietitian, but the not the information in this podcast is just Generally speaking, for those of you like me who just want to live healthier and want to create a sustainable long-term way of living that is really easy day to day, that is something that you can see yourself doing today and you know that you won't have any trouble following it in days, weeks, months to come. So when it comes to nutrition, I think having a clear understanding of which foods keep you full and satisfied, nourish your body, and also the foods that may not be as nourishing, but that you really enjoy. I think it's really important to have room for all of those foods in your diet and really learn what that looks like for you. I know that I've been on diets that are very restrictive and I wasn't allowed to have sugar or ice cream or candy or any of those foods that I do truly enjoy. And what happens is I would just end up binging. And what I found now is having a way of eating that has room for all foods is just so much more enjoyable. And it's helped me have a better relationship with my body and obviously a better relationship with food. And that is something that I hope every woman can achieve. And it doesn't have to be about weight loss. It can be about letting go of those expectations on ourselves and just creating that healthy relationship with food to begin with. So um, the first thing we're going to talk about is work, like I said, take it back to basics. And this is going to be a little nutrition 101 so that you can go back to remembering what nutrition is all about and why our body needs food. Because again, this is something that has been overcomplicated. There is so much misinformation out there. There's so many people trying to sell you different weight loss solutions. And let's take it back to reality and learn what it's really all about. So we're going to go over how we fuel our body. Now, that unit of measurement the energy that our body uses is measured in kilocalories, which is often shortened to calories. So that's the word that we're going to use. And calories are just fuel. So just like you put gas in your car, the food that you eat has calories in it in different amounts, depending on the food. But we need to fuel our body with calories. Our body requires a certain baseline level of calories in order to function. Your heart beating, your breathing, digesting your food, your brain function. You even burn calories while you're sleeping because your body constantly has all these chemi- chemical reactions going on that use calories. Um, this is called your basal metabolic rate. And Anything you add on top of that, any extra activity that is not a workout is called non-exercise activity thermogenesis or NEAT. And NEAT is energy used to walk around, doing chores, gardening, knitting, you know, just activities of daily life. So your basal metabolic rate is energy that you're burning just sitting on the couch And then your NEAT is the energy that you're burning getting up to walk to another room. On top of that, your body also has the calories that you burn 
during intentional exercise, which can be, you know, another 100, 200, 300 calories in your day. But the vast majority of your calories in your day are actually used during that basal metabolic rate, which is why when people talk about weight loss, they're always talking about nutrition. You always hear people say, you know, diet is 85% of your results. Well, this is exactly why. Because the vast majority of your calories that you burn during the day is during that basal metabolic rate, which you don't really have too much control over. And it's a lot easier to cut out 500 calories in your day than burn off an extra 500 calories. You know, if you were doing a workout, it would have to be super high intensity for a long amount of time in order to burn 500 calories. And you may be someone that, generally speaking, burns a huge amount of calories during your workouts. But I think for most of us, we don't really have an hour or maybe, you know, you're not able to do that super intense workout. So it makes more sense to focus on the food if we're looking to lose weight, have fat loss, and change our body in that way. So your workout is probably the smallest portion of your daily caloric burn, and that basal metabolic rate is probably the highest amount. I will make sure to add resources in the show notes if you want to calculate this for yourself, because it's estimated calculations where you include things like your age and your weight and your activity level and all those things. So I'll include some resources where you can figure that out for yourself, just if you're curious. So the foods we eat have calories, and if we eat more calories than what our body needs in a day. and What our body needs in a day is the sum of that basal metabolic rate, the meat from just walking around, and then any extra calories from a workout. So if we eat less than what our body needs in that day, then we lose weight. If we eat about the same amount, then we probably stay the same. And if we eat more calories than our body needs, then we gain weight. And yes, some people do gain weight intentionally. If you eat more calories than your body needs, and you are lifting heavy weights, challenging your body with progressive overload in your strength training workouts, you're probably doing that with a goal to gain strength and your body might need more calories to do that. So some people do gain weight intentionally and use their nutrition to reach those goals. I would say the vast majority of us are looking for weight loss or to maintain just to fuel our bodies with more nourishing foods and understanding that nutrition is a big piece of the puzzle when it comes to the ways that we can control our own health and our health outcomes. So you can play around with this and maybe in your lifetime you have, you've noticed that you've gained weight when you're not moving as much and you're eating more food, you've lost weight when you move more and you're maybe tracking and making sure that you're eating a little bit less. So all diet plans at the end of the day, that's what they're doing. They're trying to get you to cut your calories so that you will lose weight. No matter what diet you're on at the end of the day, whether it's intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, whatever, they are trying to get you to cut calories so that you will lose weight. And they come up with all different fancy ways of trying to convince you that their way is best. But that's really what it's all about in the end. Oftentimes, you'll see certain diets demonize food groups and say, you know, um, I had a friend who was on a diet where she wasn't allowed to eat rice, potatoes, pasta, bread, 
and no foods that were white. And I was like, that is just such an odd thing. Those are all different foods. Like, yeah, they're carb based, but I just don't see why they're bad. And it was really demonized. And of course she lost weight because she was cutting out this food group and then obviously cutting calories. And you'll see that quite a bit. So really you're just looking for a calorie deficit to cause weight loss. And also keep in mind that if you severely cut calories and there's other aspects, you know, you might be losing muscle. So the scale doesn't always not naturally reflect. It can't tell you you're losing water, you're losing muscle, you're losing fat. It's not that specific. So it can be hard to know, you know, exactly what you're losing when you see the scale go down. And a lot of those smart scales have been shown to be wildly inaccurate. I don't use a smart scale. I just use a regular El Cheapo. Like it's, I think it was like under $20 on Amazon, the scale that I use. So to sum it up, every single weight loss plan out there is about cutting calories. And I hope how I've explained that makes sense to you because it's also important to remember that there are, I don't want to freak you out and you're like, oh my gosh, I am going to never figure this out. There are absolutely healthy, sustainable ways to decrease your calories while also being full and satisfied, enjoying your foods, making rooms for those special treats and doing it in a sustainable way. There are other ways of cutting calories that are unsustainable, and some of them, to be honest, are downright dangerous. So when you hear someone explaining to you, you know, oh, you have to do this diet and this is going to work, or maybe your friend is doing some diet, it's really important to understand that at the end of the day, it's really about cutting calories. And you can absolutely lose weight without ever stepping foot in a gym. So it's really up to you, again, to look at that day-to-day life. If someone's telling you you need to work out for an hour a day with this like crazy intense workout and severely cut your calories, I mean, maybe that's something you could do for a little while, but is it the way you want to live the rest of your life? Is that going to be enjoyable to you? And I also wanted to address that I hear this a lot. Women say to me, you know, oh, you know, here's a picture from how I looked, you know, maybe before you had kids or when you were in college or high school or something. And during that time, you felt really great. You felt like it was really easy to maintain this fitness level and you felt really good about your body and you felt really strong into the, it was just really easy. And often we can look back on those times and we have to remind ourselves that it was a combination of all these factors. You may have had a lot more meat in your life. I know for me, I went to UMass, I, um, which is UMass Amherst is a huge college campus. I lived in the Southwest corner of the campus and all of my classes for the nursing program were in the northeast corner of the campus and I was literally walking 20 to 25 minutes to and from class often multiple times a day that's a lot of extra walking and even though I was eating you know kind of not the healthiest diet based on what the dining commons looked like back then I still really maintained a great weight, a level of fitness that was really easy for me because I had so much daily activity in my life and I didn't even go to the gym or work out at that time in my life. So when you're looking back at old photos and saying, oh, I wish I could get back to here, you have to remind yourself that it wasn't just about, you know, what diet you were on or you know, the foods that you were eating, it has to do with our total daily 
life and what that looks like. And instead, what I recommend is just getting honest about where you are now and how you would like to live your life. I actually am not focused on weight loss anymore. I'm really focused on gaining strength and making sure that I have good mobility and I'm just really able to have a really functional life. And I may work on some intentional fat loss in 2023, but if I do, it'll be really intentional and I won't be doing it because I hate my body. I will be doing it because it's just something I'm deciding to do without really putting a whole lot of moral value on it. So as we're moving forward, and hopefully this is all making sense to you, and maybe it's a little bit of a different perspective than you know how you're used to thinking about nutrition, I do want to close out this episode with just thinking about some red flags, because if you're listening to this at the end of 2022, you're probably going to be bombarded with so many social media messaging, ads, things on the radio that are trying to get you to, you know, follow their diet for 2023. So I just want to share a few red flags that I think are really important, especially as new things come out. I think that's a thing. The newest fad diet always sounds really exciting. Um, But hopefully this will help you see for yourself if that's something that is really going to work for you. But the first red flag is one that I really, I would say the vast majority of my adult life, I really fell into this idea that a one size fits all approach was right for me. And I've learned that that is not true. And it's a huge red flag if you see that you're doing a program, and they're really just telling everyone doing the program to eat the same foods, eat the same calories. And it's really just the same for everyone. Because as I said, my goal is for you to find your own unique formula and, you know, you eating what someone else is eating is probably not going to work for you in the long term because of all of those unique differences that we have. So if you're getting this diet and it's not taking account much personal info, activity level, what your day-to-day life is, then that's probably a red flag that that probably is not going to be sustainable for you. Also, if A diet is cutting extreme calories. Again, this is one that I have fallen victim to. At one point, I was eating, following a diet, that I was eating almost 1,000 calories less per day than my body needs for its daily caloric intake. I was eating 1,200 to 1,500 calories per day, and I lost a ton of weight. And now I know that my body requires about 2,000 to 2,200 calories per day just to maintain. And thinking of eating 1000 calories less per day just sounds crazy to me. So did I lose a ton of weight? Heck yeah. Was I able to maintain it? Heck no. And yes, I could say yes, that diet worked for me, but it was not sustainable. And that is not how I want to live my life. If you are following a diet that is claiming to cure a medical condition, that's a huge red flag. I also see a lot of diets trying to convince you that you have a medical condition, whether it's gut health or hormone balancing, all of those things. If you're following a diet because the person selling it is trying to convince you that you have a problem that you're not even sure that you have, and then they're telling you that their diet is going to help fix that problem, that is just a really crazy reason to follow a diet. And most likely it's completely bogus and a huge red flag. 
Um, any diet where they're telling you to wear a continuous glucose monitor, this one gets me really fired up. I spent a lot of my nursing career educating pregnant women on diabetes, whether they were diagnosed with diabetes during their pregnancy, or maybe they had diabetes, and then we had to work with them with the changes in your body during pregnancy that kind of throw things out of whack. And this whole glucose monitoring for weight loss is so crazy to me. Number one, Oftentimes you see the people selling this trying to convince you that a blood sugar spike after you eat is abnormal or wrong or bad. That is just your body's normal response to food is your blood sugar goes up. And if you have a normally functioning pancreas, your body releases insulin and your body uses that energy. Like there is nothing wrong with that. And it's been really crazy to me. Like I feel like I live in a bizarre world when I see people touting diets and a big part of it is that you have to purchase this blood glucose monitor. And it's also incredibly, um, I, I guess it makes me angry because I know that there's people out there that genuinely need these products to help them live their day-to-day lives. And if you're using a blood glucose monitor for your diet and someone actually needs them for their health, then you're taking away a resource that someone really needs. So huge red flag. Anyone telling you that, that, you know, a spike in your blood sugar is wrong or bad, um, they have no idea what they're talking about. Also, um, diets that are created and sold by people who actually don't have the proper credentials, I think is a huge one. And it can be really tricky because there definitely are physicians and registered dietitians out there who are hawking diets and trying to sell you supplements. And at the end of the day, they're only looking to make money. They don't really care about your health and they may not even have the proper education to actually give you a diet that would be sustainable and would work for you. And that is like the hardest because I think, you know, people see doctor and oftentimes it can be people using the word doctor who actually don't even have a medical degree. And sometimes registered dietitians actually do come up with things that aren't science backed and they're just trying to sell you a weight loss plan so they can make money. So those are just some red flags. And in our next episode, we're actually just going to talk about really simple ways that you can learn how to eat better, how to eat for your goals. And I'll share a little bit with what I'm doing, what I've been doing, and also how that could have such a positive effect on how you feel about food and your relationship with food, which is something that I've struggled with my entire adult life. And it's really only been in the past year that I've just felt so good about my food choices and letting go of, you know, good food, bad food, emotional eating, and all of those things. So that's what we're going to talk about on the next part, part two. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that the information we talk about here helps you look at things a little bit differently. I hope it, I hope that it helps you formulate your best healthy life because that's what we're all about here. And I hope that you'll come back to listen to part two. Have a great day and please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family that might find value in it. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Feel Your Best Formula podcast. If you enjoyed the information and discussion we had here today, then make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you're serious about making changes with your nutrition and fitness, then you definitely want to join my weekly newsletter list as well. You can find the link below and more information in the episode details. 
That's all for today. And we will see you back here next week for a new episode of the Feel Your Best Formula podcast.